Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, it girls, depending on when it is you are listening to this. I am so excited. This is my first episode recording in my new space. Um, update, small update, but huge update, girl. I have moved to D.C., so I'm from Atlanta. I've lived in Atlanta my whole life. So, And I recently just moved to D.C. at the end of last month, beginning of March, And now it's April. This is recording in real time because for some reason, I don't know what happened to my raw audio files, but the devil is not going to stop us. So this is my first time recording in my new space, and I've had a ton of life changes that have happened recently that we're going to discuss further on in the season. But for today's episode is like one of the most intriguing, interesting concepts, conversations that I've ever had with literally anyone, with myself and with God. And that's about generational curses. There's literally so much we can talk about with generational curses. And I, oh, girl. Also, I'm coming off of a sinus infection hashtag, but still going through it. But you know, thank God, the God, God, my God, the God I serve has healed me. Okay. And I'm healed in Jesus name. But because of that, I am sounding pretty congested, and I do apologize about that. I know the quality of my mic is still really good, but I've tried, and I didn't want to delay this episode, and we also had a bye week last week because of my sinus infection. It was really, really bad. So without further ado, me and my stuffy nose blocked signages, we're going to have this conversation about generational curses. And as I say the word, I just want you to think of a couple of Uh, curses or a couple of bad things that are adamant that kind of happen um, repeatedly in your family. And then when we talk about generational curses, we see them one as we are living right. I know like there are things that are very prominent in my family, I would say per se. One example is drug addiction and there, there are literally a couple of, there, there are a couple, I'll just throw this out. We got drug addiction in my family. We have um, sicknesses like heart disease, like uh, diabetes, obesity. So there's like a lot of health related things in the family. Um, drug addiction is also health related, society, nature versus nurture. We talk about it's actually um, a disease, however, that, you know, there are things that kind of repeat in my lineage. And so I challenge you to really think about some of the things that repeat in your family. Um, and you can write these things down. And one thing that has helped me, and I'm going off on a little tangent, but we're, we're going to open up our Bibles, don't worry. But one thing that has helped me when thinking about these generational curses and I sat down with myself, this was in high school, and I was fed up, (laughs) as fed up as a high schooler could be, right? Like, I make the joke all the time. I was like 13 going on 30, 16 going on 65, and I was like, I am going to break the cycle, but how do I break the cycle? What do I do to break the cycle? What cycles am I breaking? There's going to have to be parameters that I put in place, right? That I'm going to have to move different. And I talk about moving different, like within dating, based off of the outcomes that you want to get, no matter what in life, you may have to move different based off of the goals that you are setting for yourself. So if I know that, I don't know, just for an example, because I know somebody, I knew somebody else like this, alcoholism ran very deep in their family, just like drug addiction runs in my family. So when it came to like drinking, my friend does not really drink. Like 
at all, really. It has to be a very special occasion for my friend to drink. But because they know that alcoholism runs prominent in their family, they're like, okay, I don't want really any chance to fall into this. So I'm going to move differently. I'm not going to drink socially. And it gets to the point, especially at my age, where it's like if we're socially going out and people do not order a drink, people sometimes like side eye, bombastic side eye, like what's wrong with you? And my friend literally had no problem. Like, it's not like I'm an alcoholic or anything. I just want to make sure that I'm moving in the most healthy way possible. So at my 16 year old self being fed up with the things that I was going through and the things that I saw my parents push on me, whether it was on purpose or not on purpose, most times not on purpose, I would be like, I'm not doing this for my child and their children's children and their children's children. So there is a huge, huge question within the Bible. Of course, I talk about the Bible a lot. You don't really have to know about the Bible. Hell, I'm still, I'm still learning the Bible. But one thing that I wrote down when I um, drafted this episode was like, do we suffer from our family's sin? And I really asked God this because it was just like, why does it feel like sometimes the water gets a little murky? Not everything is black and white. And I I always try to think in a black and white mindset and sometimes that's to my detriment with like my disordered thinking, but that's another conversation for another day. But the waters do get a little murky when we talk about suffering for our family's sin. At the end of the day, we have autonomy for the most part over our decisions that we personally make, but sometimes our environment, right, has a hand in the decisions that we make. And not necessarily that we're forced, but when we normalize certain decisions because our environment has normalized these decisions, it creates a pattern. And wherever there's a pattern, there's a cycle, and it's like we're circling the drain, right? And I take something super, like super, super simple, like normalizing sex before marriage. Like sex before marriage is so normal nowadays. I love watching... input okay I love watching medieval like shows I love medieval shows I'm obsessed with the medieval time period just a crazy period like we like to say the world is crazy today but I honestly just think like they just didn't have social media honestly and truly but anyway back in those days it was like you couldn't even show your ankles oh my gosh god forbid god forbid you're going out on a date without um a chaperone right But it's like we've come a long way of normalizing certain things. And now society has made it so normal. When you, like, if you were to tell someone, like, I'm not having sex before I get married, they would literally, like, ridicule you, talk about you like you're crazy. Um, There are men out there that will tell you that you're never going to get married. There's no way. I literally had a man, I told a man that I don't date men who do drugs. And this man literally told me, He literally looked me in my face, y'all, I kid you not, and told me that every man did drugs. And I'm just like, baby, that is your reality. And that's why that is your perception, because that is your environment. And you've normalized that way too much to where you think it's not normal for me to want to date someone who does not do drugs. Funny how that goes, right? This man literally looked me like straight face and was like, every man does drugs. I was like, oh my gosh. But... To my case in point, we don't suffer from our family sins. However, we see a certain amount of things that go on in the Old Testament when it comes to this. In the Old Testament, 
we're going to talk about Solomon for a second. Solomon is a wild story. Talk about, <laughs> forget the Kardashians. All you need to do is open up the Old Testament. And I just want to say before we even get into reading 1 Kings, we're going to read 1 Kings 10 to 11. I just want to say God bless everybody in the Old Testament. Um, so if you're new here, difference between, real quick recap, difference between Old Testament, New Testament. We got old laws, old covenant before Jesus graced us with his presence, right? And then we got New Testament after Jesus is born. We got new laws. We got Jesus on this earth shaking things up, child. We got 12 disciples. We got a lot of miracles. We got stuff, you know, brewing up. And then we have new laws. We have um, Jesus' crucifixion and we have resurrection. And boom, we have today the new covenant that we are currently living in. And then it also tells the future of what's going to happen when Jesus, when God comes back. When Jesus comes back, okay? So I literally just summarized like the purpose of the Bible, really. But with the Old Testament, we got Old Covenant, we got Old Laws. And back in the day, there are so many examples of people suffering because of their family members. And I'm reading this and I'm like, yo, is, is that what really happens like today? Am I suffering because of the sins of my father today? The short answer is no, I'm not. This is why Jesus graced us. Well, this is why God brought Jesus in human form to fix some things that were going on because really God bless everyone in the Old Testament, all them laws that they had to follow, like, girl, girl, ain't no way, ain't no way. So there's so much going on. And clearly, literally within every book, the Israelites were just not making the mark. They were just missing the mark at every chance that they got. And so here we got Solomon. Child, let's get into it. So I'm going to paraphrase some of this because this is a lot. And y'all could also follow the story. So Solomon's one of the kings. Again, the Israelites had asked for a king, even though they had God. God was like, okay, fine, whatever. They want a king. Cool. Granted them with some kings, but some stuff started popping off, y'all. So starts off. Chapter 11, 1 Kings 11. Solomon's unfaithfulness to God is the chapter's like theme. So it says, King Solomon loved foreign women in addition to the Pharaoh's daughter. So we got all types of women he loved in, Mobi, Ammonite, Edomite, and Sididian, child. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. But it says, from the nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them. And if they intermarry with you, because they will turn your heart away from to follow their gods. To these women, Solomon was deeply attached in love. He had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 who were concubines. And they turned his heart away. First of all, child, let's get into it. When Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away to follow other gods, just like God has said, right? He was not wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord, his God, as his father David had been. Solomon followed um, the goddesses of the Sididians. So he basically was all over the place because he had all these wives um, and basically disobeyed God. And whatever God said was going to come to pass, did come to pass. So skip down to verse nine. The Lord was angry with Solomon because of his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. He had commanded him about this so that he would not follow other gods. But Solomon did not do what the Lord commanded. Then the Lord said to Solomon, since you've done this and did not keep my covenant and my statutes, which I command you, I will tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. Listen to this part. However, I will not do it during your lifetime for the sake of your father, David. 
I will tear it from your son's hand. Yet I will not tear the entire kingdom away from him. I will give him one tribe to your son for the sake of my servant, David, for the sake of Jerusalem I choose that I choose. So because of Solomon's unfaithfulness and him like not listening to God's word, here's one example that we have that God had a loyal servant, King David. We hear a lot about King David, right? That's not the podcast about King David, child. We love King David. But King David passes. God makes a promise to King David that basically the land will always, always be in his family and his lineage. But he gets to the point where we got these other kings that are just like running amok. And because of this, Solomon's son is going to have basically the kingdom like snatched away from him. A small part of it is going to stay just because of the promise that God had made, the covenant that God had made with David. However, this is an example to where Solomon's son basically suffers because of his father. His son is not even like really, we don't hear anything about the son. So we don't even, he got, the man got 700 wives. We don't know if this son is dead or alive. (laughs) We don't know, we don't know which son he's referring to, but what we do know is that People are suffering at the expense. Another example I had written down was 1 Kings 21-29, and it's about Ahab. Y'all can definitely read about that and just jot that down. But there's there's so many examples like within 1 Kings and Judges. But anyway, I had wrote down literally word for word. I said, but God, this is not fair. Like, it's not fair to Solomon's son to have like all of the land stripped away from him. That's like somebody ruling over the state of Maryland and then God like, well, cause you, you cutting up your son only going to get district of Columbia. So I'm really going to take away most of the state. Right. And, and I'm, I'm just using that as example because it's like, wow, his son has to suffer. And I put, but God, that's not fair. And there's a difference between God's word. There's a difference between punishment under the old covenant and learn behavioral patterns based off of surrounding environment. Again, this is the old covenant. This is old laws. We no longer have to deal with this. But what we do have to deal with is learn behavior and patterns based off of our current environment. And like I said, drug addiction, divorce, health-related issues based off of patterns. Now, of course, there's some environmental factors when it comes to health-related issues, right? And then we have sin patterns like adultery. We have porn addiction. We have all types of things that could be prevalent in your family and in your lineage. But the key takeaway is that a cycle can be broken, but God is the answer to that. First, you have to establish what types of cycles are prevalent, Second, you have to understand that God is the answer to that. God is literally the answer to everything, everything. The only way you can strip this down is to allow the renewing of your mind through the Holy Spirit. And I'm not talking about playing with cards, stars, crystals, and everything in between, child. I'm talking about just the Holy Spirit. Things with like discipline, like obedience, like fellowship, like mentorship, like community. When it comes to discipline, I talk about discipline a lot, but discipline has to do with literally breaking almost any cycle in life. And there are areas of my life that I want to be, I'm going to be more disciplined in. But really discipline is 
basically having pride and a lack of patience, if not one or both. And it's an indication that you feel like you know what's best for you more than God does. And have a problem with delayed gratification. The second thing to work on when breaking a cycle is your your obedience. And now this one is like one of the most important things, but it has to do with sometimes a lack of trust in the Lord. I know for myself that has been the case. And sometimes I feel like if I wholeheartedly trust God and keep his ways and follow his directions, why am I deciding to do my plan? Because at the end of the day, I do know that our plans can only take us so far before our sinful natures and the creeping in from outside voices in our environment starts to seep in and kind of disrupt those plans. Um, Referring back to like the first episode that I had at this season, the focus or failure. And next thing is fellowship. I love fellowship. Fellowship has saved my life as far as me dealing with depressive episodes and suicidal thoughts. Fellowship has to do with the time you spend with God. Not only the time you spend with others, but also the time you spend with God. The more time you spend with God, like any relationship, you cultivate the relationship. You learn more. And you become more hypersensitive of your old ways and your sinful patterns. When I started spending more time with God, I started to become more hypersensitive of not only society's view of how they feel like I should behave and act, but also my family's view of how I should behave and act. And I do want to say, although I, I love my family, Sometimes I understand that they are not going to understand certain things. I have conversations with my mom and I'm like, okay, yeah, she's, she's not going to understand this. This is beyond her level of comprehension because of the walk that she has with the Lord and everyone's walk and relationship is different, but it's like whenever, and I even remember this going back to middle school, I used to go on this trip that like our church had all the time during spring break it was called ignite and one of the girls was like on fire for god and my group of friends would just be she would have these conversations with us (laughs) and we would just look at her like girl the conversation she had with us she like we were not on her level and at the time, we thought she was just doing too much. Like, girl, you are, you're doing too much. It was one of those, like, Jesus freak, like, things. Like, okay, girl. But looking back now, it's not necessarily that. It's just my, my faith and my relationship with God was not cultivated enough to really have those conversations with other people who had a better relationship with him. And sometimes that is the case. But through fellowship, You have God to talk to. You always have someone to talk to. Um, And leading to that, after fellowship, is mentorship. And there are different types of mentors that you can accumulate and that you can have in life. There are, of course, I feel like when I talk about mentorship, automatically our brains are wired to think of like career mentors, just because I don't like a United States works us until you die. That's that's like a really frank way to say it. But there's so many different types of mentors that you can have. You can have a fitness mentor. You can have a financial mentor, mentor. You can have a feminine mentor, a self-care mentor. You can have a career mentor. You can have a faith-based mentor. But it's like 
the last episode of the season that I talked about, um, when I shared my story about working with a guy in HR who passed away and I talked about how sometimes God will send people in your life to look out for you. Um, people in your life that you can learn from someone who has more experience, but not necessarily older. And you have to be open to that. I know it's easy to look at someone older and be like, I really want them to be my mentor. But sometimes there are people who are younger than you, if not your age, that are further along in that section of your life that you can ask to be a mentor or they're more wise, like King Solomon asked for wisdom. And he was very wise behind his years, um, just referring to first Kings two through four. So those are the things if you want to break the cycle Those are things that you have to look out for. And the last thing after you have discipline, obedience, fellowship, and mentorship, I wrote down is community. Um, Man can never be alone, which is why God made Eve. Adam could not be alone, which is why God made Eve. And although they were banished from the Garden of Eden, it is a lesson for the company that you keep for one. But God always allows for choices. God gave Adam and Eve choices. God gave us choices. We still have choices to this day, but surround yourself with people who will hold you accountable to your sins and your patterns. And it's very important to do that because our community has a hand in our environment. And if you're wanting to escape the environment that you see that your family has created, you're going to have to survey the type of people that they keep and the community that they keep. So no, this is, you do not suffer for other people's sins. You do not suffer for your family's sins. You have free will and the opportunity to choose life. Every day you can reinvent yourself. Do not let people dumb you down and tell you that you cannot change. With every minute, every day, you have a new opportunity. Every day, every week, every month. And the battle is not yours. The battle is never yours. It is the Lord. And you can never stray too far away from him. So God loves you. I love you. Share this podcast with a friend and I'll see you in the next episode.